Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our quarter-century episode of the Rip Warren Ridge podcast. I am joined this evening. I'm already laughing because I, I just found this art so comical. I'm joined by Jace. Jace is looking fresh-eyed and, and bushy-tailed because he just woke up because <laughs> he fell asleep. <laughs> How do you fall asleep? <laughs> Mate, I don't know. I've had a long day. I was tired and it wasn't that entertaining a game and... Before I knew it, I was woken up by the by Gary Neville <laughs> in the Did Night Night Newcastle game. Comment, he wasn't commentating on our game. He's like, what's, well, what's going on? On the uh, on Sky on Sky, they've got two dual games going at the same time, haven't they? So when I asked yeah. game, I'm assuming they switched switched it over. And uh, yeah, I was like, what? I wasn't watching this game. What's happened? Must have looked up and gone. They've changed shirts at half time. They're in different colors. Well, I was three 0 down when I fell asleep, when we fell asleep. We finished three one. Yeah, so you missed out on uh, obviously the goal. So obviously Jason's going to be uh, a big advocate during this podcast. He's going to be going through all the massive talking points. He's also wearing a very uh, old school uh, FA Cup shirt, which is actually an elite uh, uh, cup competition. None of this League Cup nonsense. Uh, so let me whack on the music and then we will get into it. Saka. This is my club. Fucking love this football club. All right. What a goal. Gabriel Martinelli. He's scoring for Arsenal. Right. We're going to start, but I don't know if it, it, Jason might still be half asleep. If he can give me a written review, we're going to have to wait and see. I've got one ready, Jace, if you want me to go. Well, what a what a shite performance, um, <laughs> to be honest. This, I mean, what else? It was... It was I, I was very disappointed with the way we... Obviously, we lost. Obviously, we didn't play well. Um, so much that I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> So it it wasn't a it wasn't a great game, um, but I expected more than that. Our B team is not good enough. That's my rip roar review. Our B team is not good enough. Um, we continuously rely on the same players to come on. Um, Trossard is a perfect example, right? He just doesn't turn up when he starts. Um, we, we, if we don't have, I mean, Declan played okay in the second half, but again, we, I mean, when we played Jorginho, like there's, there's levels, and and our B team just, we can't go and beat West Ham with our B team, considering the amount of money we spent on players, the caliber of players that. Our fellow rivals have like City and and Liverpool. You know, I'm. That was the most disappointing thing to me personally tonight. Like, it wasn't what we lost. It was that that our 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 second string side is is not good enough. Yeah, I saw, tweet, I saw a tweet before the game that said, um, "Our B our our second string team is top ten in the Premier League." What do you think? This is before the game, by the way. Obviously. No. No, I don't think so. Um, 
yeah, I mean, we've we, we've talked about the fact that we need another striker. I keep talking about the fact that we don't have a replacement for Saka. Though I did think Reese had an okay-ish game at times. Um, midfield is, I just feel like our midfield's been obliterated. That's not being negative, but it's like with no party, Rice like to have to play, keep playing Jorginho in the midfield. Um, and and the fact that Habits and Fabio Vieira are part bit players, and what I mean by that is that they don't always start and they don't always turn it on. It, it we uh, that was that that core kind of spine of our team I felt was missing today. Um, and then Trossard. Trossard's the one that sticks to my mind. I don't know why. I, I think it's because we've seen better from him. And so I expect higher of him. That's why. I expect more from Trossard. Um, but we just don't get it when he starts. We get it when he comes off the bench, which is crazy. And I don't know why. So, yeah, B team. B team not good enough. Go on, then. What's your review? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was I was going to go similar before, and then I, I did change it. Um, just on your points, like uh, it, it is weird. Like Jorginho, I'm just like, yeah, I just don't want to see him near a starting eleven. I want to see him in the last twenty minutes to protect a lead when we have it. Mm-hmm. If you can't yeah. play on any in this type of game against West Ham and League Cup, when can when can you play him? I think we talked about that on the last pod. Yeah, don't get it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Um. For me, um, if we are playing incredibly safe uh and and the word i wrote down was metronomic so playing to like a, a metronome playing to a regular beat and that regular beat for us is pass 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 mm-hmm. and they're usually pretty sideways um if i'm honest and there are some players in our midst there i mean you called out fabio vieira loves a sideways pass doesn't want to do anything differently um, I'd seen uh, a tweet or, or um, uh, elsewhere that had kind of mentioned that maybe we are so drilled into the way that we play that playing anywhere out of that zone is is deemed as uh, bad. It's it, you know it, it's it's a detriment to the way that the team set up and the team play. I don't know whether or not that's coached or whether or not it's the players are feeling um, a lack of psychological safety when it comes to their playing and not playing outside of their comfort zone. But it was super, super safe. Um, it lacked any form of creativity. It was really lethargic. I actually thought that we we started pretty well. Um, and then, it, I don't know, after 20 minutes, it kind of just seemed to taper off massively. And maybe it was the goal that killed it and it just our heads dropped massively but for me like i just say it was incredibly safe setup incredibly safe team and just really yeah metronomic is the word i put and i just don't want to it was just run run of the mill stuff i just don't want to see it it was i don't disagree with your point in fact i i, I we've had this conversation before i find it frustrating that we don't try different things. But you're right, we are drilled in a certain way. And that's something that I think Arteta has drilled into the players. Um, and as a result, when things can't go in a way, our way, we're very predictable. Very predictable. Like, I, I, I think Ben White's goal and goal means nothing in the first half. Like, I think, if, like, I don't think we played 
I thought we tried to get back in it to be honest after he um after after he scored that own goal. The problem is we couldn't really create any chances. We had lots of lots of like I wouldn't call it attacks, but control we controlled the game in the first half. Uh I think we had eighty percent of the possession within like the first thirty five minutes. Um it was it was ridiculous uh, amount of, of possession away from home, considering the quality of team we put out as well. And and we couldn't the problem is we can't convert. And that's because I think you're right, we're drilled in a certain way. We're drilled to score goals in a certain way. Um how many times have you seen Arsenal player take a shot from outside of the box? Except for Eddie. Yeah, we always got used to get in the olden days. We used to get told to we walk it into the goal, right? And it feels feel, that's what I feel. I feel like we've gone back to that. We always get to the byline. Like there are two ways and three ways in which we can score. We get to the byline with Martinelli and we cut back. We give it to Saka, and he will cut in and whip it with his right foot. Or if there's combination play where Odegaard can find the right pass to unlock on the right-hand side, then we will put Saka either through on goal or through to the byline, who then will cut back again and it'll be somewhere in the middle. Those are the three types of attack I'm most familiar with. The problem is if I can cut onto them, (laughs) rival teams can cut onto them, right? Yeah. That's why we can't beat a low block. Um. So why we struggled so much at certain games last season when it got tough. And it's because we're drilled. It's because of, of, of what you what you reference. And and that's why I think also I keep I keep craving or oh, we need another striker or oh, we need a sacker backup. Because for me it's kind of like when 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 those players aren't things aren't working for a Martinelli or an Odegaard or a Saka. I feel like we don't have anyone. My concern is that we don't have anyone as good. But actually, I think my concern is that we don't actually have anything else. Not It's not that we don't have someone as good to replace Saka if he's injured. It's the fact that if, if what we're doing with Saka isn't working or Martinelli isn't working or Odegaard, like as we've seen in the last three games where he's just not been there, um, we don't have we can't we can't we can't we can't create chances in any other ways because we are so drilled at creating chances in a particular way. So I wasn't expecting to go that deep there on that. Like, but <laughs> your your comment got me thinking and it was sparring. Fired up. I was like yeah. deep deep but, analyzing it and I was like it, but, the problem is we we're not we're not finding new ways to solve problems. We're trying to use the same ways that we've been drilled to solve problems. And maybe this is taking the creative thinking out of the players. It's, it's interesting. So I'm going to, the next segment is called Worst Game of the Season Mark 2, because the first was probably the Chelsea game is the one we looked at. But we're kind of discussing yeah. it anyway. And I'd, I'd maybe like to continue some of your points, because I I actually think we did, the first 20 minutes, I do think we did actually try something different. If you noticed, mm. uh, it looked like Havertz was playing as the nine. He was playing more forward than Eddie and Ketia. And it did seem to be that we were playing more balls into the box in the hope yeah. that um I know that obviously corners you're going to do that anyway, but we seem to be trying to play for those off the flick headers, 
um, from the, the tall players that we had. And maybe it just wasn't coming off. But I completely agree with you that we're, we're a natural in trying to change the game and, and try and change the way we approach the game. We are, like I say, uh, drilled into a certain mentality and a certain way of playing. We thought way, way back before the season even started about um, Arteta building in versatility and unpredictability in his team. And the way I look at it now is that it, it, that is in player positions not in approach it is only in the fact that tommy can play any position in that back line it is only in the fact that havertz can play as a left eight or a nine but it doesn't change by the looks of things playing havertz as a left eight or a nine are our different approach to the game it's not like you say right well jesus when jesus is up front this is how we set up when havertz is up front this is how we set up and it's dynamic and it can change on the scenario because i I did put it for later on, but obviously Jesus is now out for six weeks. He'll be back, hopefully, for the Liverpool game. Unsure yet if that to be true, which is in December, I think. I talked on the last pod. Yes, Eddie scored a hat-trick. I'm not denying it against Sheffield United. But once again, you saw here an Eddie performance. Uh, yeah, invisible, non-existent. There is no, there is no way that we can continue thinking that we would take the league with that type of performance. The only thing I would say, and I, I, I don't think this game is as bad as as maybe I'm making it out to be. When we when we left the uh, the Lons game, me and you kind of said, "How do you feel?" And tell me again how you because I, I think you feel the same now. What I think, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't have, I wasn't invested in it, like. Were, were, oh, were you I, invested I, in this? Do you, do you care about this? No, no. Like, there are certain. So do you think? That, and so, so, so hold on. When I'm you say you don't care, oh, like, so, do you think yeah. the players do? Well, do the players care? Do you, Do you really think they were really up for it? Mm. Do you think they ultimately, like, this is something that for us is a non. I don't know. Arteta did make a point in the press conference. I think that you know this is a trophy, and these players don't haven't won trophies, and so having something in the cabinet. Is better than yeah, not. Yeah. But uh, so for the for, for us as fans, it's different, right? But we we know what we want: Champions League and the Premier League, and we've won handfuls of FA Cups, and we and and, and so there's an expectation from us. If that's if that's a Premier League game, I'm shouting it would tell you a lot more. But it's a Wednesday night away at West Ham. For a game, it doesn't really mean anything in regards to what what I want out of the season. Um, people may criticise me for saying that, but it's true. If I, I don't, I don't, I just wasn't. I didn't have the same motivation in me. Uh, uh, um, maybe I'm just genuinely tired as well. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but I. Um, it's a good question. How do the how do the players feel about it? Are they the same? Now, I expect more of the players. <laughs> I'm a fan. I don't have to expect more of me, but I have to expect more of the players, especially the ones that don't always get in the starting lineup. Like Jorginho, for me, he's towards the latter end of his career in the top flight, especially probably his last. We're his last big team, let's be honest. He isn't going to a bigger team than Arsenal after that. Um, and he doesn't always start for us. 
he should be chomping at the bit. Eddie should be brushing his boots off and, and continuing where he left off. Trossard, I, I would, I, I've got to stop talking. About, I, it, there is an amazing potential in that. Well, he's 28, so or 29 probably now, but he he he's such a good player, technically gifted. But it's like this is your chance. You need to surely you want to play in the first team every game, starting every game. So why do you why are you not taking your chance? Ramsdale, this was his chance. I do not think he had a good performance. There's do you know what actually? The only player that I have felt has been solid is Kivior. Hmm. I was gonna say the same thing. Like he's the only player where I'm like I, I don't, don't mind, mind you getting together. into the starting 11. Yeah, I don't mind. No, I don't. Because, like, even though we lost 3-1, he's solid. I, you know, I, I, none, of the, none of the goals stand out as being majorly his his fault. I think he's, he's, he's every game he has played, even when he's come in and played left-back or played centre-back, he's been he's been really good. Um, but, yeah, the, the other players that don't usually, don't usually start, I'm just really disappointed in. Because I, I feel like they they weren't up for it, and I feel like it's not forget the league cup. It's not about the league cup. It's about do you want to be a starting player in this Arsenal team? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because the league cup is the tournament where you're going to get the chance to prove that you deserve that. And I don't think any of them do after their performance. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you on that point. This is the opportunity for you to put yourself either in the shop window if you're looking for a move. Or put yourself in the in the boss's mind so you can be knocking on the gaffer's door the next day and going, look how I performed yesterday. Put me in against Newcastle. And like you say, none of them are really going to get stood up and counted with regards to any of that. There's no one there that is left in any kind of glory that is really going to put Arteta in a quandary about who he's going to start. I think that the, the 11 will pick itself based on that. Um, yeah. I know you've gone hard on Tross. I actually wrote down, I think... The four that stood out to me was Trossard, Zinni, uh, Jorginho and Vieira. And I, I would say, like, yeah, Jorginho got pickpocketed again, like twice or at least two or three times. And that, that's how it resulted in goals in other games. It just really frustrates mm-hmm. me that you cannot be lackadaisical in that position, particularly against the West Ham opposition that did quite press us quite well, I think, today. Although they did have a low block when they were out of possession, um, they did press us quite well, and Jorginho just hates being pressed. Like he just—it's not, it's not what you want from your defensive midfielder. Like it makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, just it wasn't like I say. I'm—I'm I'm a bit kind of um, abject when it comes to the the result because it doesn't matter ultimately. The one thing that really did fuck me off really was why are you bringing Sakura Martinelli on? Why are you bringing Declan Rice on? I had what the same. I was like, it's free now. It's about six, or was it six? It was about six. It was three nil. It was, yeah, yeah. 68, 70, it, it was three nil. It was like, it's done. Yeah. It's done. Like, it's all right. We don't care about it that much, Mikel. Like, let's not risk it. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, if you had, if, if Saka had picked up an injury in that, Rice had picked up an injury in that. It would have been calling for his head. It would have been awful. Like it's such bad game and squad management in that respect. Like allow those players just to continue playing that game. We're not going to come back into it. There's no need to risk 
ahead of a really important away game at St. James's Park as well. Just flabbergasted. I, I couldn't get it. I, I didn't get that either. I, I, I don't, you know, the, and especially the Saka and Rice, especially those two need every, like they just need rest. They are going to, they're going to be burnt out by the end of the season because they're going to play every game for Arsenal. They're going to play every game for England. Um, Odegaard's the same as well. I mean, but he's had a bit more of a rest because he didn't play um, against Sheffield United. So, yeah, I think that um, I wouldn't have done it. I, I, I didn't yeah. see the point in bringing them on at all. All right. <clears throat> we've, we've called out a few players. Uh, we did touch upon it uh, slightly. So this segment is called What Could Go Wrong Did Go Wrong. And I, I'm talking about Aaron Ramsdale. Now, I know that probably you're sick and tired of this conversation, Jace, because we pretty much have it on every single podcast. But yeah, it's done. Yeah, you know, it's but, done. I, I mean, now done. I, I think now it is. <laughs> I don't done. know. Maybe, maybe. Well, tell me, you, do, you, do you think it's as done as you've done it? Do you think, do you think he was at fault for the goals? Like, talk, talk me through your feelings towards Aaron Ramsdale in this game. Uh, ben White, nothing he could really do. I don't think he was being. He was being pulled away. Um, I don't think it was a foul though, either. If I'm honest, I think it was. Do you think soft. if Bar? So you think if Bar would have checked it, it would have given the goal? Because Bar wasn't existing in this game, right? It doesn't come into play till the second. Yeah, I can't answer that. The reason is because I don't really trust or understand Bar well enough because of how indecisive yeah. and inconsistent it is to really know whether that would have reviewed that properly or not. Um, but uh, the first goal we're going for the 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 other two, yeah, and especially like the third one. Um, I don't really know what to say about it, which I know isn't great for a podcast, right? But <laughs> I just expect as it, uh, what was going through his head. I don't know. Like he should, he's just. I, you just need a better. He looked shot of confidence. Is the, probably the word I would use. Mm-hmm. Not just because of the goals he conceded, um, and and and, but the, you know, when we're passing it round at the back, he didn't. That takes practice. It takes consistency and time. He's always looked on edge doing that um and and West Ham especially Bowen was pressing a lot especially in the first half and the crowd were behind them as well when they were doing that pressing and it, I it, it I I felt the same uneasiness I always feel around Stone and goal don't get me wrong we've had that uneasiness with Raya as well but I think it's settled and we're more comfortable with Raya doing that He's definitely more comfortable on the ball than Ramsdale is. So I get the, I understand the decision Mikel has made. I don't think this was an opportunity for Ramsdale to get back in the team. He just he had to do his job. Um, he had to. He's going to be given some game time, and the biggest probably concern or pain point from his perspective is that. He ain't going to get any more game time. Maybe he'll get a run out in the FA Cup. <laughs> but he's just lost his chance of getting more game time because 
just left three, he's left three goals in, and that's it. It's done. Um, I say he's first a, one. I put first him in a pretty untenable position, though, right? Like in reality, because even if he overperforms in this game, which obviously he didn't, is it is he going to get back into the starting eleven? I, I'd no. say with 95 percent certainty, he wouldn't. Right? So he's made, for him, decisions made. Yeah, decisions, decisions made. In which case, then play Carl Hine and get Aaron out in the transfer window. Well, I really like Aaron. I, I have a lot of time for him, a lot of respect for what he's done for the club and the way he presents himself. And he should be a number one. And so I, I feel he needs to go in January if that's the case. Um, because when he isn't confident and when he doesn't have consistent performances, you see stuff like what you saw tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you said um, he's shot of confidence, and like, can you blame him? Let's be honest; he's been no. dropped quite unceremoniously from our team for mistakes he made, likely last season. And and you know, he wasn't the only one uh, that didn't you know place himself well uh, during the latter half of last season. But still, mm. this was an opportunity, like you said, for some of those other players to really come back into the eleven and show to the boss, why did you drop me? Um, granted, like I say, it's an own goal, it's a deflection. I wouldn't necessarily say he's at fault for maybe any of them. I, I definitely think he probably could have done better with the, the second and third goals, obviously. I think he could have done better. I, I don't know. Like the instant reaction was like, uh, I don't know, the third, I was like, he could have done better. Personally. But there was another one where Ben White cleared it off the line. It was another weak hand. It really yeah, doesn't the one... well, we, we've seen it before. Statistically, his, his shot stopping is really poor, and it really did show in this. It's like it's like he hits it, and it looks like a save, but then it like it, somehow the power really still carries on area. and still take. Yeah, it seems crazy. It was it was within like the first minute of the second half, wasn't it? And um, I I I thought, oh crap, that's go that had gone right into like the path of Caduce, I think it was, or what, like mm. for a tap in. But luckily, Ben White tapped it away before. I was like. He had no control over where that ball was going once it had hit him. He just got his body yeah. in the way. It could have gone anywhere, though. There was no control. Yeah. Okay. It's done, Jace. Let's put a fork in it. Uh, are we bad or are they good is my next segment. Uh, I rehashed your are we good, are they bad when it came to uh, Sheffield United <laughs> versus Arsenal from the past weekend. Um, I suppose where I was going with this is... Um, is this just a one-off? Is there something to look at us that we are actually not very good and it's a trend? Or do we think that West Ham actually just uh, overperformed in this game in particular that caused us to lose? What do you think? Ooh, what do I think? I think Put many things. On you. Yeah, all right. Um, I would say that, like I said, I think West Ham pressed really, really well in this game. I do think that particularly some people of their players had a particularly good game. Bowen, like you say, was pressing from the front really, really well. Like Kudus had a great game. His touch for that second goal was incredible, incredible touch. Like Zinni was lost, absolutely lost. The ball went over his head. He had no idea. He got span. Like we're not sat here saying that Zinchenko is the best left back in the league, but I just expect him to do some of the defending basics. Otherwise, what are you doing? Like you're not a a six or an eight. So stop pretending like you are. And yes, we enjoy all the things he offers there, but it wasn't, you know, 
it, it was not good. Um, so I do think West Ham played well. Even Mafra, is it Matrapanas? I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Who, who obviously used to play for us and didn't even like hardly play any games for us. He, there was one where he took the ball from centre back, literally yeah, the right. entire length of the pitch, literally the yeah. entire, and he won a corner, eventually getting tackled. Mental, just waltz through our midfield. And you talked about the midfield earlier. So there's a combination here of good and bad, but I would say that. West Ham were good in this game. We were bad in this game. Do I think it's a systemic problem? No. I'm actually quite happy that this is, we're out of this competition because ultimately, yes, like I said, it's silverware and it would be nice to win it. But if if I got a choice of what you're going to win, I ain't choosing this. And even if it's a choice of winning a cup competition, it still isn't this. Um, and even if it's an English club competition, it's still not this. <laughs> so it's like, I really don't care. This is like the lower rungs of the things that I care about. And ultimately, if we're getting into crunch time later on in the, the rest of this season, then I don't care. Like the, the interesting thing about this, um, if we had have made it through, I think this game would have been two days before our trip to Anfield. So read of that what you will. Well, it's rest. Our players need rest. We're now going to get some some rest midweek which is great um i was intrigued to hear your perspective first because i i don't know the answer to your i am so indecisive with the answer to your question but let me tell you why let me let me explain why i'm kind of not answering it I don't know who we are as a side this season. I, I I don't... We have some... We've talked about the craving that we have for the last season's kind of performances and then the fact that this year we're more clinical. And I never... As a result, I never know what Arsenal side's going to turn up. Ever. Every game, I do not know what Arsenal side is going to turn up. And like going away to Newcastle was all, always worried about that particular game. It's a hard game for us. It always is. We don't like the atmosphere. We don't like the ground. Um, and and now I'm like, after seeing that West Ham performance, like going after seeing Sheffield United, like 5-0, great, okay, maybe our tails are up. Then seeing that West Ham performance, I'm like, oh my God, we're going away to Newcastle and we are going to get battered. Because I thought they're freeing up at United at the moment as well. I don't know if that's still ongoing. I don't know what score is. But just, yeah, I I don't know what Arsenal team is going to turn up. So uh, are we bad? Don't know the answer. I don't think, for the moment, I don't think we're as good as we were last year. But I'm looking for the same kind of side that started that amazing start to a season last year and, and and we're not that side we've transitioned i don't know if we've transformed into something better or not i can't quite tell but we've definitely transitioned into something different and i so i can't answer that well west ham good yeah probably um i think they've been quite poor this season and overall they turn up i think there was this is the uh, rice testimonial that they need i was a Day. There was a there was an edge to this game, and I feel like it because of Declan, it was always going to be an edge to this game. 
if that is the only time that there's an edge to this game, and they got it out their system in this one game, and we go there in the league and we smash them, don't care. Don't care. But that's a really good point. Yeah, if they if we just need to let them get out of the system, let them do it in the league cup, let them boo him when he touches the ball, but let them applaud that? him when what he is warms that? up. What is that? What is that? Tell know. me because I just don't like if they, so I, I I get it, it's painful when you see and you know, Robin Van Persie. I, I still remember to this day <clears throat> where he where I was when it the news broke he was going to Man United, but this at the time he was not a player that had won. What is ultimately in West to, to make the comparison, West Ham's biggest ever trophy. Uh, and he was their captain. He was there for many, many years, and he's just gone on to bigger and better things. Like when Van Persie left us, it felt like he was going to a direct rival when yeah. he'd had a good season for us. And so, like, Declan, I get that it's painful. Declan didn't come out and say the little boy inside me wants to play for Arsenal, did he? he <laughs> no, exactly. So... But like, you know, it, it just I, I don't get it. It's so like two bit. So Tim Pot, like honestly, clap him and, and, and wish him well. He bought you the probably the best success you'll ever have, and he's gone to bigger and better things. So make your piece of it and move on. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, um, I was gonna, I was gonna just reference one point that you made because I thought it was really, really good, uh, and I wanted to use a word that I think actually resonates with me about it. I think we've lost a bit of our identity. I've seen a bit of discourse yes. recently yeah. um, about the crowd and about the atmosphere and the connection to the club and i, I do have i think a lot of that is to do with identity last year we had an identity a lot of people we used to have Vengable, then we had our tetable right and like you say we used to set up in a certain way we knew what to expect we knew our football and the 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 comparison i'm currently making there's a there's a thing in business it's called when you set up new kind of performance teams uh, storming, norming, performing. Like you know, when they start, they're storming. They're bringing ideas together. Then they start to norm, and they they bedding the normalities and the functions of things that they do. And then they perform. They're they're really really good. I still kind of feel that it, during that storming phase that we had maybe last season and seasons before, and now we're moving into like normality. This is kind of like like that mature, that safe, that professional kind of approach to a game that's maybe not as exciting, um, and that's maybe some of the identity that we've lost because it, it, it's certainly not as uh, emotionally uh, engaging i think uh, as last year for sure so you're saying that we're going to start performing next season and this season's just well, going to be I, 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 I think, yeah yeah i mean I, I know that both of us predicted us to win the league so we'll probably uh, be in our words at some time in in march and april who knows but i i do i have read a lot online that kind of does talk about like second season kind of syndrome and i know it's not arteta's second season but probably the there's Liverpool going to be doing well this season. I think we knew that. Like Man City, and I think we we are we were going to see a drop off from us, particularly when we're having to play in an elite European competition, spreading our team very very thinly across those games. So I I do think that that is potentially playing a part. Do you think the transfer business was good enough now in reflection? Well, I, you know, we, we talked about this before as well, right? Timber was fit. I'd say yeah, hundred percent. Timber got injured straight away and the window closed and then we're a bit screwed and we're a bit short. And then you look at, we're going to talk, I'll move on to the, the parking lot because this is one of the things I was going to mention. Thomas, Thomas Partey's out for six weeks and we talked about in the previous pod about him. Like, you know, hindsight's great when you have it. If Partey was fit and playing, would you be saying this? Probably not. But yeah, like you say, our midfield, the drop-off is, is, is incredible. The drop-off is incredible. 
Declan Rice to Jorginho or El Nenny is incredible. The delta there is huge. The drop-off now, so Jesus is out for six weeks. We've got to play Eddie Nketiah. That drop-off is pretty big on its own. Now, if you have to drop out Eddie Nketiah for somebody else, what do you do? It's Havertz, I'm guessing. That drop-off is also pretty stark. You know, it's it's huge. So our business, like you say, January cannot come soon enough because we do have to do something in the striker, in the right wing, and even potentially, depending on what happens with Thomas Party, because I'd imagine we'd be trying to shift him in January. I can't see a reason yeah. why we wouldn't. Yeah. But he's in the AFCON as well. So it's like, what do you do there? And it beggars belief. Imagine this, right? He goes to AFCON, he plays all of the games for Ghana, comes back injured, not having it. What is that about? He keeps going away to Ghana, playing two 60-minute games, and then comes back completely cronked. Arteta needs to learn these dark arts that other managers are doing, where the players are, sorry, they got a little niggle. They can't come. They got to stay here and work at Colney. We, we've got to get that down. Did it with Saka, didn't they, with England? Yeah, and then Saka, they obviously believe him. Saka still had to go to get England to tell him what to do. But like, he came back, obviously, eventually. It just seems mad to me. Like, we're going to keep, we're in this battle. We're in this fight for the long haul this season. We're going to need everything that we can get. We can't be having stuff like that because it really is going to affect us. If Declan Rice picks up an injury now, it's, it's you look at Man City, they lost three games, right? Wolves, us, someone else in a cup. Well, the, uh, the three games that Rodri was injured, that uh, was, was yeah. suspended for, he comes back and they start all guns blazing again because he is the 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 you know the the uh, the linchpin to everything that Man City do, and Declan Rice is our linchpin. If yep. we lose him, we are screwed. Here's my view now. Now I can see the season settled in, better than 10 games plus in to the league and and 15 or so, 16 or so games into the in total. Squad's not good enough to win, win, win the league. Squads might do a, we might be able to do a run in the Champions League. Like uh, like we did in that 2006 season when we got to the final Champions League is all that's why I think we got more chance of the Champions League. It's always up for grabs, and we can turn it on. Maybe we can turn it on a little bit like we did last year. I kind of want to see that. I want to see Te- Arteta all back in the Champions League because I think we have a really good chance, and especially against like a, a Real Madrid in a one-off game, we turn Arteta ball on. I think we can outplay him. I don't think in the league we have a good enough squad to do a distance. We have a good enough squad for Champions League, but we don't have a good enough squad for the league title. So I kind maybe, of maintain may... my Champions League ambition. <laughs> I mean, maybe it may be a bigger point and not to go into it now, but I would say there's not many teams out there that have a great amount of depth. And if you look at some of the teams that have won the league in previous seasons, a lot of it has been down to keeping a very fit starting eleven. Leicester was probably key to that one when they won it. Liverpool also was very, very similar. Like if you keep, you know, your Van Dyke, if you're keeping your Salah's fit, then you're you're ultimately going to go far. And that's that's kind of the the telltale. Because already this season, like I say, we're only 10 to 16 games in. We've already lost Saka for a bit. We've already lost Jesus for a bit. We actually lost, um, did we lose Declan for a game? Maybe a game or two. I can't remember. Mm, he was definitely yeah, only, uh, not fit for one of them. Um, like I say, last season killed us because of Saliba. Saliba got injured. That was it. Season over. 
Um, and so I kind of look at it that way. It's like, if we can keep the depth, I agree with you, the depth isn't good enough. It's enough to get us over the line if we need it to in, in last minute games and we're winning, we're protecting. It's not enough if you're starting against Man City with uh, Jorginho as your pivot. They saw the same when they played Kovacic and Bernardo Silva in their middle. It's not it. So, yeah, I mean, let's see, because if you can keep them fit, but I, I do get the sense there's a lot of soft tissue muscle kind of injuries that are happening, a lot of ACLs happening across leagues and in the women's game as well, that it's just a fear of mine that, you know, one of those to any of those key players and we can kind of put put to rest any any ideologies that we're going to make it. Yeah, I think more to add to that. It's my biggest nightmare. <laughs> well, I think Jason's already had a bit of a sleep and a bit of a nightmare, so I'm going to let him get back to it. And uh, I'm going to uh, say that if you're watching us on YouTube, please do give us uh, a like, a subscribe. Please do add any comments if you've got any. We'd really appreciate any questions. We will answer them on the pod if we get any. Uh, Jace, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, their podcast provider of choice. What do we expect over there? Uh, if you could give us a five-star review on, a, on your podcast uh, provider of choice and uh, leave a review. Lovely stuff. Uh, other than that, we oh well, I, I might be speaking to you on my lonesome this weekend because Jace is away at a lovely wedding, unless we uh, we wait till Sunday, maybe. You might be able to do Sunday. All right. Well, let's let's wait and see what happens. But we'll be, yeah, we'll be coming back <laughs> to you uh, after. Hopefully, we smash Newcastle at St James's Park. Score prediction. Oh man, uh, I take a draw. I'm going to go one all. Quarter uh, <laughs> crunching. I say three one. Two. <laughs> I wanted to say three one, but I think it would be more two. I think we might do the same as we did last year, like two 0 maybe. Okay. If we turn up, if it, uh, that relies on 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 the right frame of mind, Arsenal turn up. But yeah, two 0 away. Okay. 2-0, one all. Let's see. We'll speak to you again this weekend uh, for Arsenal Newcastle. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cheers, guys. Come on, you!